This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me as always, he's already sick of rugby league. It's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> G'day, mate. How are we going? I'm good. Uh, it's good to be back. Dale is unfortunately ill today. He was actually here. It, was, it wasn't like a sickie. He was here till like five minutes ago, about to start, and he just um, he's gone he's, home. He's pulled I'm a hammy home. in the warm up. He has, and you know we uh, we let, didn't, we, let, we, let we, we didn't. The 18th man didn't travel with the team, so the, the concussion you know change here, no replacement. No, but uh, it's good to be back. Hey, we were looking it is. looking dark for a while there that this was was going to be all over for, well, for us. Well, it was pr- mainly my fault. Not really, just. It's life, mate. I mean, for, yeah. I mean, for the for those who don't know, I've sort of moved away from sport and into sort of the general news sphere at the moment. And I do the Arvo shifts at, at work, so I'm working two till ten Monday to Friday at the moment. So, if those don't, who, if any of you are new listeners, that's at the SMH. Uh, yeah, a good friend and Matt uh, writes that. Please, writes for. please buy the paper. And so we so we sat down at a point, and I, I had some thinking. We had a chat, and you know we opened with our listen base that we always are. But we at the point there it was like, well, this podcast either somehow it goes on without Bungard or it dies, which a lot of people would have been fine with. Yes, <laughs> but but to me, it's just one of those things, mate. Like it's not NRL Boom Rookies, or it's not this podcast. If you're not one of the three people in it, or one of the people in it, and um, you know, so it was like, well, we can't do, we can't record every Tuesday yeah. anymore. We can't do what we did. We can't do weekly. And to be honest, I was pretty done with the weekly format in terms of for, reviewing for, eight games. Honestly, a week. like, and you know, and I obviously listen to a lot of other podcasts myself, and it, you do. When they get to like the sixth or seventh game of the Premier League, and it's yep. you know Burnley versus Bournemouth nil nil, and it's like eh. you guys also don't care. I know, so, yeah. I know there's many listeners who listen to our podcast; they they want to hear about games that they didn't watch. But what we're telling you now essentially is that from this the, the moment forward, we're, we're trying something different for the rest of the year. We don't, we don't know if it's it'll stick or if yeah. it'll work, but it's like the uh, the only way we can keep this thing going. So really. at the moment, the plan is to record probably a bunch of episodes in one go. Yeah, one weekend a month or something yeah. like that, and, Do, and and doing things a little bit differently. So, like we'll we'll release the season preview in two parts. We'll go through the rule changes in a, in another episode, and a fourth episode will be just questions. The mailbag. So that'll yeah. that'll be, and I think I think the mailbag will be a regular staple of its its own standard. Like, and I know a lot of you listen to this podcast specifically for the. I know some of you far, like skip to the questions, and that's where you start the podcast. So. Yep. Um, that that and we'll probably end up looking at doing something sort of like you know, getting getting a getting a outside person in to talk about one of their favourite games, analysing like a great game from the past, something yeah. like that, or like a you know a particular player or like a hypothetical question that's so because you know obviously sometimes we get questions that are quite in depth and worth more than sort of like a one line answer during a mailbag, so that's things it. like that. And we'll probably do, you know, again, some feature episodes on things we want yeah. to do. Essentially, we don't have a, a strict format anymore. Exactly. Things will be fast and loose throughout the year. So, yeah. we'll, we will be recording right after round one, probably yes. in a more traditional format. Correct. One one final time to give all the all, all games the same review, I think. But from then on, you know, maybe next time we have something like Harry Ramage on. We talk will about talk the 97 about, grand final or... We will talk about the Kuna unicorns for an hour. Yeah, that might which be is fine. <laughs> yeah. Or... <laughs> Yeah, and, and to be honest, those are you know the the things people remember from this podcast over the years. The things I always get told when I run into fans is you know 
oh, that episode you spent 20 minutes on that topic was yeah. great. And those are things that were the best. That You know, there was the Nathan Brown sacking episode last year. We know that that actually went around the internet a bit and um, and around league circles. I know that. And then, you know, other ones were like post the um, the Dragons uh, Roost, the Rabbitohs final two years prior when, we, when I did that play-by-play breakdown of Poor what ben, ben Hunt, what went wrong, and how it was Ben Hunt's fault, for example. Those are the things people listen to us for. Yeah, really, more so than the mediocre breakdown of a game I was half watching. Half yeah, tweeting, and so. and in the finals, of course, you will you will get game by game breakdowns for the finals. Origin. Don't and or like don't fret, you will get those things. So, but yeah, essentially, we've just got to t- we we have a tighter scheduling format. We have to plan a little better, and we'll be going from there. So, um, yeah, let's just get into. So, as Bungard said, we're doing. You're getting. In the next two weeks, you'll be getting four episodes over two weeks, which is a little bonus for you. Yep. And then from there, it, it's a bit of a different format. Yeah. Oh, and also as well, we'll be, um, we haven't launched this stuff yet, but we'll be launching a Patreon. Don't know again. Don't know the contribu- contribution levels we're looking at. You know, what a good contribution will get you as a bonus. But essentially, again, we've had fans over the years ask for a way to contribute. And in the, in the past, I've been uncomfortable taking people's money. I'm no longer uncomfortable taking people's money. It's been yep. five years we've done this for. So. Yeah. We'll set that up if you want to, you know, give us a cup of coffee a week or a month. We'll set something if, up. If for enough that. Knights fans give us money, you can't say mean things about them anymore. That could be the premium package. Yeah. Like fifty bucks a week. <laughs> Mitch doesn't say a mean thing about your favourite team or player that yeah. particular league. That could that's a, that might be the premium option. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then um we're also looking at and this is one I've been working with and running into some problems, but looking at a, a few merch options, nothing fancy, but you no, know No, we mocked up a couple of mugs with um some player lightness some player on them and um some of our, I guess, sort of like memeable catchphrases that have yeah. endured. That's it. So uh, we'll, we'll be looking into that as well. Anyway, let's, yeah. get, let's get into a season Yeah, preview. so we're going to just go with last year's ladder. So we're going to do the eight teams that didn't make the finals last year um, and where we think they're going to finish this year. So we'll be starting at 16th and working our way up. So we will start with the Gold Coast Titans, who... Uh, Mitchell, neither of us think are going to get the wooden spoon this year, which is which is progress. It is progress. I don't I don't remember if I picked them for the spoon last year. I think I did, or the or the Bulldogs. I don't remember if I who I picked for the spoon, but I don't have them as, at the spoon this year. I just I just like the the coaching change over the off season. Obviously, I like I like the hire bringing in a, a new outsider. You know, which is um, excuse me, choking on my own words there. <laughs> and I, and I, you know, the idea of a Ash Taylor resurgence and the Titans also, whilst they haven't got the greatest squad, this is one of, the, one of those off seasons. They do it every few years where they don't make any panic signings. They didn't do no. it this off season. They've just decided this is what we have to work with. Oh, sorry, and the new coach Justin Holbrook too. Sorry. Yeah, which uh, I, I don't know a lot about him, but he fits my rigorous criteria of like not just being some old retread. That's so, it. Also, these are the things, mate. One, fine. One of the things I always have to get... It's unfortunate there's two coaches I want to get behind this year that have ended up at two clubs we're not big fans <laughs> of, which is the Knights and the yeah. Titans. But, you know, whilst he did play some NRL, I'm very pro guys who weren't, you know, they're not, they didn't get to where they, where they are now built on the, a large playing career. Yep. And these, those guys, not always generally work to be the best coaches, but, you know, in the league right now, you look at guys like Trent Robinson, Craig Bellamy... Uh, you know, Wayne Bennett. Bennett was a bit of a better player. Michael Maguire. Michael Maguire. Long, longer term guys generally aren't the guys who come in with a huge ex- former player name. So no. I like that signing. And I do like over this offseason, they didn't make any panic moves. They did lose Riley Jacks, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's it. They did lose Wally Jack, so you know that that's obviously devastating for their for their halves. But they did pick up Tana Boyd last year. Yeah. Which is you know I think that's an upgrade in their backup half position. So their their moves over the off season, by the way. So they've uh, they brought Jonas Pearson up from the Dragons. They brought in a uh, Darius Farmer. Sorry, they upgraded him from a development deal. Uh, Greg Lelio-Sal, they brought f- up from the Eels. He's one of those got a winger, a, a, a good yardage winger that I'm shocked hasn't played first grade yet. He ticks all the boxes of, in terms of his numbers on paper, what makes a first grade winger. He, he's got a really high work rate in the lower grades. That's generally what translates to a first grade career more than a guy who scores tries. Like if you think about, you know, over the last ten years, you'll every now and then you hear about this guy coming through the grades. Oh, he scored a billion of tries. Whatever, he's going to be something great. And they turn out to be a Sione Katoa or Bevan French or something. Those are generally not the guys on the wing who come through and kill first grade. Generally, it's the guys who work hard. So I'm interested to in see if he has a run there. Uh, they brought Bo Firma up from, um, from the Knights late. That's a back rower. The Queensland boy they brought home, I think, is another good signing. And then just last week, after, on the back of losing Ryan James for the season, which is obviously devastating for them, they brought Sam Lasone over from the Warriors. And uh, they've also let, let Lalani Latu go as well. But in that signing, I think that's a, a smarter Titan signing. I don't know how much of an impact you'll have mm. there. I think he'll be in the 17 every week. But yeah. they, they they went and got somebody cheap late, I mean, which is good. I can buy into a rejuvenated Ash Taylor who had all that time off, mm. um, playing under a new coach, new system, plenty, plenty, of, plenty of time to sort of get his head right. Yeah. I can buy into that, him sort of leading them to a much improved season. I think without Ryan James, it's a bit tough to tr- sort of make a case for them to make the top eight. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to disgrace themselves like they did last year. Um, and as much as it is annoying to me as a Souths fan, it was very important for them to keep Jaira for this year. Just for, for nothing more than to just sort of make a statement that they're not going to like get pushed around by one of the big clubs, if you like. And sort of... Because I, I, I have no doubt that Souths and Wayne were pressuring them to release Arrow early and they stood firm and credit to them for doing that because that sends a positive message to their fans that they're sort of trying to do things differently. Yeah, they're not giving up on this year. It's the same thing with the, the Morris thing from the from the Sharks. Our fans want to force these clubs to let players go because other clubs want them. It's like, so what? Like, you know, the Titans, yes, like they could have let Arrow go. Maybe they could have got a swap deal with the Roosters yeah. or Rabidos or somebody. Didn't didn't happen, but it's like... Yeah, if you can facilitate a swap, that's fine. But if, if you can't, then tough luck. That's how it yeah, works. If yeah, if you're in that club right now, you want to believe that this year you're competing for the final. You're not going to let Arrow walk because he's signed. He helps, he makes you a better team. Plus, it, it's the NRL. Half the teams make the finals. Like, you yeah, should legit... It. No team should ever go into a season and not think they can at least make the top eight. Exactly right. And, and, if, and if they do, well, you get the four years of the Knights team. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's accepted what they were. But they've also so they, yeah obviously you mentioned Jairo I think will have a big year again uh, Ash Taylor as you said a potential bounce back um, he's been partnered Ty and Roberts likely start with him in the halves but they have got other question marks so I mean Callum Watkins will probably get a shot in one of the center spots you'd think then you don't really know he'll start on the wings so there's Philip Sami Jonas Pearson there uh, there's Anthony Don still there's Dale Copley uh, and so there's a lot of options in that regard but they still have that problem where they're like they're a bit light in terms of quality edge forwards. They've got Kevin Proctor, who's now the captain, on one edge. And the other edge is probably going to be Bryce Cartwright. And we've all been waiting for the Bryce Cartwright resurgence the last few years. He scored there. that cool try in the nine, so I'm in. He did. And he set a nice try up yesterday for Callum Watkins put... Uh, but he's, but he's probably going to die of coronavirus, so... Yeah, and yeah. Also, yeah no vaccination. No. And, and uh, also, like again, relying on him to play a physical position for a whole year just seems like something... You know, it's difficult. But then, you know, and they've got AJ Brimson in the spine with Ash as well. But I'm still concerned. Like, Mitch Rain is now their best hooker. Like, Nathan Peters will go off the cliff. But, yeah. 
you know, Nathan Peters pivot from you know rep rep hooker a couple of years ago to now bench back rower for yeah. the 14th best team but, in the comp. Yeah, is, to, poten- to potentially win Queensland Cup, who knows? But Rain's one of those guys, and I know a lot of fans. It's the same thing. It was, it was an origin hopeful in people's minds a few years ago. He's just he's a handcuff on a team for me, like handbrake, because he's so focused on his own success and his own ball running, but he's not a dynamic runner. He's yeah, a I decent mean, runner. I drafted him in fantasy for this reason, yeah. because he's going to hog the ball and, yeah, and run it a lot. And dive and over. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, and he's not Damien Cook. He's not what Isaac Luke was. You know, he's not one of these guys you actually want running the ball over 10 times a game. But we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, I just I, I do think Fodaway is also in for a good year. I don't think they'll come last. No. I have them 13th, though. So. I had 14th. And I will say, okay. I just think that Jairo gets a little bit disrespected when we talk about the best middles in the comp. Oh, that was you, you threw some stats up on Twitter a few weeks ago about this. And I just yeah. find it strange that people think this guy's washed because he doesn't play for a particularly glamorous team and that he, you know, ha- might have had some poor games when the, when, when, the, when the whole country was watching. But, like, to me, he, he's... he's Firmly in that upper upper tier of, of middle forwards, he is. I thought that was it was that was bizarre because people did used to really like Jairo, so I don't know when it happened. Like, but it was like the moment people he got reported to get paid, and it seems to be that thing now. Hey, like they can pay you can pay a young fo- a young forward or a potential guy six to seven hundred k, and everyone's happy with it. Yeah, everyone's happy with the low max signing and with the Tino signing up at the Titans for seven eight hundred k. But like p- paying a proven guy that money is somehow. Not a good thing. Like, also, it, it's six hundred k. That's not much. But that's it. He's like a game top ten in you know. Seriously, what was that? So I looked. Yeah, I'll bring up some of the numbers now. I had him. He's four, he was fourteenth amongst forwards and meters per game. This is last year, and and he was still fourteenth in tackle breaks despite the games he missed. He's fifteenth in offloads per game, seventh in tackle breaks per game. He's fourteenth in passes per game out of a middle, so he can pass the ball. He had three errors all year, which is the f- fewest forwards who played over eight hundred minutes. He only got five penalties away last year. Again, he had that was the tenth fewest of forwards with that many minutes. He had, he's played the balls the fourth quickest of forwards. These are all really good numbers. Yeah, like if you told again, someone who this was without yeah. telling them the name, they'd be like, "This guy should be worth a million dollars." Yeah, and his meters over the advantage line was twelfth amongst forwards. He draws three plus defenders on sixty percent of his sixty percent of his carries, which is again twenty sixth amongst forwards. And twenty six sounds like it's a low number, but again, you know how many forwards are in the bloody game? Like, like ten per like one hundred and fifty. Yeah, like, like, you know, every week there's trotted out that you've got six middles on each team essentially, yeah. and then two edge guys, maybe another edge guy on the bench. Yeah, like. To be 14th or better in almost every little stat I looked at there is that's a good quality forward because probably you know Tamalolo probably isn't on that for all those things. No, I didn't. I haven't run a comparable there. But uh, the other thing I will say that works in their favour is we a sort of a constant theme in our discussions in our limited rugby league discussions this summer has just been how few good halfbacks there are at the moment. Yeah, and so if Ash Taylor turns it around and he can be like the fourth or fifth best halfback in the comp. Yeah, that's a big deal because there's just not many good and, halfbacks right now. And he should right be now. the fourth or fifth best halfback yeah. in the comp, maybe better. But yeah, the, the final thing on Arrow to say there, he's not. I saw heaps of Fenson talk about him because he works hard. But Sean Fenson was a good player. Like, but, I don't know why that's a knock. But it's like old thing. I oh, just makes tackles and yeah. runs hard. It's like no, like Jairo is a, dynam- a dynamic ball runner. You know, and, and he's he's a he's better than just oh he makes thirty tackles and runs one hundred meters a game. People are thinking like he's a super coach score. He's far more than yeah. that. He's a, he's a quality forward, and that's a fantastic signing for South. And I actually do like the Titans what they've done to replace him with Tino. Tino coming up from the from the Storm, but they took a gamble for similar money on someone who hasn't proven anything yet. But yeah, um, next up we have the team that finished fifteenth last year, surprisingly low for a team that a lot of people had very high expectations for. Obviously, there was. Um, some off-field incidents that uh, also helped derail their season. But it's the St. George Illawarra Dragons, who 
um, have signed Isaac Luke, which I'm really excited about, Mitchell. Yeah, and that, that kind of people worked did out not, because Cam McInnes is hurt. Yeah, people did knock that signing, and it did make didn't make much sense moving McInnes to a to a bench lock, a lock role. Sorry, when when uh, when uh, Isaac Luke was coming on the field. But I think this is one of those things, mate. They got him really cheap, and no one else was no one else is signing him. It's like, well, does he does he make our side better? And he does, and and it's already proven now. McInnes is out, and you know Isaac Luke isn't what he was. But you'd much rather have Isaac Luke stepping into that role than what they signed Billy Britton after McInnes' injury. But you'd rather have him step up than a rookie. Yeah, um, they've they've picked up. They've got Trent Merrin back. They're really getting the band back together. They haven't yeah. really, apart from those guys, they haven't. Really signed any like, sort of top no. top names that jump off the page that sort of make you think that this year's going to improve. That they've got guys like James Graham who are sort of on the way down, mm. and it, it's it's and with no Jack DeBellin still, it, it's tough to make a case for them to be back where they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean they had Tyrell Fumiano coming from the Panthers and Braden Williame from the Catalan, so it's not really t- two exciting signings. You know, I don't think Fumiano will play much first grade, and yeah. Braden Williame might be their next or next drop back, and they've lost. And again, they didn't lose much. They lost Jonas Pierce and Jeremy Lattimore, Reese Robson, a good young hooker to the Cowboys, but he wasn't going to play. I mean, they did like, lose one of the 10 best but halves in the comp. I was going to say Sorry, Gareth 5'8 slash halves in the comp. Gareth so. was the loss, but they knew it was coming when they signed yeah. Corey Norman the year prior. But you look at that team, you know, a predicted team on paper or similar, and it's like, it's a lot of average at this point, that, that Dragons team. And it's like, you know, ben, I rate Ben Hunt. You're, everyone knows how I feel about Corey Norman. That's average. Then you, you know, the wingers might be Pereira and Saab or Pereira and Ravalava. Average. Zach Lomax getting a shot at fullback, and we saw it whilst he's finally, you know, filled out. He's getting paid like he's supposed to be a good fullback already, and we saw last night that he's still obviously a developmental project. That's Charity Shield I'm referring to last night. He had a, a Barney, if you ask me. So there's still a ways to go for him. And then you know, you look Aitken and Lafai. They seem to go on good year, bad year runs, they might they think they're due a good year. And then you look through the pack though and it's like all these guys are, are past their peak, pretty much. You know, you think James Graham, I think this is it this year for him. And he really hit a wall last year. Paul Vaughan's a quality middle, we know that. But, you know, we 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 know what he brings. In thirteen it's, you know, Blake Laurie or Trent Merrin. I think Merrin might come off the bench to start the year. And I think that's actually been a good signing. I think I think people are, are down lower on him than what they should be. He wasn't that bad of a player when he left. You know, people seem to think he was he was terrible when he left the league. But then you know, Tyson Frizzell, he's near now for me the most overrated player in the competition. Like on a week to week basis, Tyson Frizzell is not the Tyson Frizzell that plays for the Blues. He's just not like he's what has he got? Like I know try scoring isn't everything, but Frizzell is is you know a athletic, hard running player. You know, you think on an edge, he'd probably be scoring a try every two three weeks. You know, now through his career, he's played 146 first grade games for the Dragons and has 21 tries. That ain't great. Once every no. seven games on the edge. You know, he's not a, not the world's greatest hole runner, and he's still a quality player. But his reputation at the moment's huge. People talking about him being a million dollar forward. I would, I'm not not for me. And then you got Tarek Sims probably on the other edge there. It's just it's a whole lot of like good, not great players. Yeah, I think they're not going to come last, but I think they'll be firmly sort of in that sort of like ten. Eight to ten win range, just yeah. sort of going through the motions by the end of the year. The Shane Flanagan subplot is, is quite interesting to a lot of people. Um, could you explain to some listeners who might not know why he's allowed to be there? <laughs> I don't know the answer to why that is, but he's he's not allowed to be a head coach, but he's allowed to be an assistant coach with the way that the NRL approved that. So what is it, head coach for another year can't be? 
so, or was it two years? I forget now, but um, essentially he's assistant, and he's a good he is a good coach. No matter what you think about Shane, oh, of course, and yeah, yeah, he's a great coach, and it seems so obvious that he's they've just put him there to be the head coach eventually. Yeah, he's he as soon as he's eligible to be the head coach, he'll be taking that job, I'd imagine. And they put out a funny release about his role, and the fact they had to say these things makes you realize they know these things are going to happen. Like <laughs> Flano cannot act like the head coach. It's like, <laughs> you have to let people know that, like, it's yeah, so weird. Um, I do like in terms of young players I got there. Though, I do really like Jackson Ford. You know, uh, he's a young edge back row who I think's a better whole runner than Fazell already. And I love Tristan Saylor. I just don't know where he's going to play. You know, I don't know if he's like a a backup fullback or something, or if they'll end up getting desperate and even try him at six. But he's a talented player, and we all know the pedigree. Obviously, yeah. I'd love to see him get a run in that team. I'm in on Josh Kerr as well. Josh Kerr, yeah. I mean, he had a good preseason. And had a good one preseason last year, so maybe you know two good NRL preseasons might get him a crack in the first grade team this mm. year. I'm with you on that. He's but yeah, I've I've got them in twelfth place. I have them fourteenth. I mean, yeah. for, you know, for us, it's like kind of you kind of groupings, right? Once I'm the out of my eight, I've either got you my perimeter eight team, or you like just want to you just yeah. I can sit like honestly, I I tossed up picking like five different teams to come last. Yeah, they, they the reason these guys aren't there is because Ben Hunt's too good. Um, but. Yeah. Again, I just can't see a team with with one of the best five halfbacks in the comp just being the worst team. Yeah. Um, and, and Paul Vaughan is, is is one of the best middles in the comp. I just think, as I said, they've got a lot of guys who are good but not great, and they're not going to be able to go particularly far with this team. But yeah. I just uh, to for, to see them coming, I think last is a bit of a bridge too far. So yeah. There's a lot of guys you thought were on their last chance last year have got another last chance. Yeah. That's that's the weird thing about it. They haven't really rejuvenated with that. And yeah, I'm with you. Like they're around that. That bunch of just they're not they'll, they'll beat some good teams, but they're not a contender for mine. And yep. then Ben Hunt's too good. And one good thing that McKinnis getting injured has saved Dragons fans from. There's one positive is that you don't have to play spine reshuffling the uh, Mary chiropractor's clothes for about six weeks. At good. least. Because yeah, I, I was I was so thinking, man, is he going to just do something crazy and put Ben Hunt at nine in this period? In the next Poor six Ben weeks? Hunt. He deserves better. <laughs> but then I remember that he gets paid a million dollars a year, and I still feel bad for him, but I don't feel sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, last year's 14th place finishers were the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, did they win the nines? Did they, they? did win the nines. <laughs> um, they, have that, they have that really fast guy. Do I fit get him. Get, get him uh, will Paul Green play him? He must, he'd hate him probably. He probably hated how well he went at the nines. <laughs> 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 how, how dare you go out there, be young, and play like that? How dare you? That, that was In awesome. Our jersey. And of course, they've got Val Holmes back from his NFL um, sojourn. So... Mm. Um, a, a lot to like about what they've done. Eastern Masters, they've picked up as well. Decent player. Reese Robson will come in and challenge Jake Granfield for that hooking spot, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they, if Paul Green does have the bottle to give a couple of these young guys a chance, which he unfortunately hasn't really shown that he's willing to do in the past, they might be able to make some noise. Yeah, it's a, it's a squad like on paper. This is a, a top four squad. Mm. But as we know from previous years with this side now, they've had two bad years in a row. The game's not paid on paper. And it's like you saw. We saw at the nines what what this team, what these players can do when the the the, uh, the shackles are taken off. The green cuffs are gone. But uh, I don't back that to happen. I, I feel like this this team will be held back until Paul Green Green's tenure ends there, or he somehow drastically changes. And he hasn't really shown he's been willing to change how he, how he how he coaches the last couple of years. Like you know, you didn't. I don't know about you guys, but when I watched that nines, I didn't think, man, I can't wait till Scott Drinkwater is just standing on the right hand side, running the same block play sixteen yeah. times, and, and that's the, the problem. Like if 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 you, I mean, the hooking options aside, if if you've got the halves combination of Drinkwater and Clifford and Val Holmes at one, that's a fun sort of spine combination. Michael, Michael Morgan, you've left sorry, uh, sorry, 
Yeah, and that, that's uh, that's a f- like if it's Morgan and Clifford or Drinkwater and Valheim, mm. that's a fun that's a fun sort of spine. And I don't know, I I, I just as you said, this, it, they were just so boring to watch last year. And he uh, if he hasn't learned from last year's mistakes, then it's going to be more of the same. Well, yeah, it's a potentially a great side. I think Valheim is going to be fantastic this year. I know people have the. NFL return stained in their mind from um, from Hain. Mm. But Holmes came back, had a full preseason, looks in footy shape, looks fast in the trials, looks like he's still as quick as he was. I think he's going to have a great season there. But, you know, have, him having a great season doesn't necessarily mean the Cowboys are going to have a great year. Is Josh McGuire out for the whole season? No. So he got injured. He got, he, no, he got, he got injured, but he's back. He's... Um, I can't remember when he's back, but he's not out for that long. Okay, I don't good. But uh, Tabuai Fidao is in a development deal, so he can't play yet. But they, they Outrageous. It was already their first trial team. You remembered why. You got reminded of why this team's boring because like already one side of the field is Tom Opacek and Justin O'Neill. And it's like, oh, yeah. Of course. Why, why would Murray Tuolangi get a run when you can play those guys? But there is talent across the park. Like Cole Felt will be outside SR Masters. That's the side that Green favours, the, blo- the block plays down. Morgan likely over that side, maybe drink water. Val Holmes will go that way. That, that can be a dangerous side of the field. You know, Cohen Hess might play on that edge. He looks in good shape, but I can't back this team. Even though there's so much talent there to, to make the finals until Green uh, yeah. changes. I guess the argument that Green would use against that is like, well, the last time I gave these young guys a chance over the people like Justin O'Neill, they mm. turned out to be, you know, Javid Bowen, Ted, Mos- <laughs> Ted Mosby. Ted Mosby, yeah. And, um, and, and I liked Tuala, but he didn't really give him a chance. Now he's gone to yeah. Newcastle. And the other guys, I don't think, have clubs at the moment, yeah, Murray, do they? Yeah, Murray Talangi play is um, still there, and he wasn't very... Like, he got dropped twice yeah. last year. So, I kind of get that. But yeah. also, that guy's really fast. Yeah. So, just give him a chance. He's what Gideon Gillen Mosby was supposed to be. Even yeah. with a double barrel name, because every time I watched Mosby, I hated him because like he was clearly really lazy. Like remember that time against the Broncos two years ago, end of the season, Roberts takes that intercept and and Gideon just stops chasing. It's like you're fucked. <laughs> like, you just stopped. You just gave up instantly on the chase. Like effort plays. And he has. If you watch him play Queensland Cup, he's got a lot of attitude. Thinks he's king shit, and he probably was in the juniors. Probably why things he is. But he just always had attitude problems. Didn't seem to work very hard in the field, and had a little bit of a pot belly by the end of his career, which is never a great sign on a light frame like that. No. So yeah, but Taboo Fida looks like a different beast at the moment. He he was slogging his guts out in that nine. And how how do the development deals work? So they currently work now that you can't play first grade until post June thirtieth, and they right. can play any of them. Um, but I, I, you can get elevated, obviously. But he hasn't been elevated yet. I'd, I'd like to see that happen. But um, yeah, it looks like it'll be O'Neill and Felt on the wings for the uh, short term. And then oh, you so know he's going to play Ben Hampton there at some point as well. Who somehow just he still exists. He's still there. He's Good still there. Um, I think the Cowboys are going to finish eleventh. I have them 10th, and they're one of those teams that, yeah, they're, they're, they're too good for me. I know they bottomed out last year, but they now have too much talent for me to think they can really bottom out. But uh, I just... Unless Paul Green just lets the boys play, in which case they could be a top four they team. They could be, yeah. Um, uh, and Tamalolo now in year four of that 10-year deal, correct? And he's... And so still no right. signs of slowing down. I can't believe it. So good at the can you imagine if a 10-year deal actually seems like a good idea in hindsight? Because, you know, it's, it's going to ruin the rest of the league because they're going to give them to everybody after that. Well, yeah. Like... <laughs> Someone. But yeah, Tamalolo, mate, at, at the nines, that wasn't fair. <laughs> Who let that happen? They can only play with eight next year. Maybe something like that. I think, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, so the team that finished 13th last year was the New Zealand Warriors. Oh, your favourite team. Are you picking them to make the top four again? Hey, I got that right that year. I got that, sorry, they got equal um, 
sorry, they were equal fifth. Remember that year, the two years yeah. ago? I didn't pick them to make the finals last year or the two year prior to that. And uh, this year, I am not big on the Warriors, man. This like this smells like a blow it up season, hey, to me. It looks bad. Poor Roger. Um, yeah, yeah you, like you look across the park, I mean, Blake Green's getting on in years. I think he's 35 now. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, um, Harris DeVita showed some nice flashes last year. Cody Nicarima's there. Um, they've lost. They've lost. They've lost Isaac Luke. So it's going to be either Nicarima or Wade Egan playing hooker. Yeah. Um, Carl Lawton potentially. Yeah. Maybe even Jastavanga could go there, but he's predicted to start at lock, and if, he's injured as well. Yeah. Not. Not good. It's not, and they just have that. The, the things I'm hearing coming out of that club over the off season, you know, oh, we're going to try and loosen up how we play footy again, and oh, we want to us check doing less like kick returns to get him working better on attack, whatever, whatever. It's it is all the things like. The signs of a desperate coach. It's like the boys throw the ball around. But it's like, mate, if you looked at your squad, this is not the Warriors of yesteryear of let the boys play. You know, it's like that back line. They're moving Fusatua to centre, which I can't get my head around. But that back line's not that side. They might have Hayes Perham, Perham on the other, other centre or potentially Peter Hiku, Paddy Herbert on the wing outside of the force. But that forward pack, it's just gross. Like It's not good. We've already the, got the, the ghost of Adam Blair. Yeah, Bunty Afoa was out for the year. They let Sam Lasone leave. <sighs> Jastavung is injured. Well, Lisa Armour, who was a like a twenty minute guy at the Dragons, is arguably the best prop now. Yeah, um, still rate Tohu obviously, and I like Parsley, but yeah. yeah. And then like, but then you look at the, the depth. It's like they let the Sone go, so it's like Josh Curran is rumored to be might be playing on an edge for them. He's not great. Adam Kieran looked. Decent at times last, last year. year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, and then it's like, you know... Remember got, that goalie kicked in Holden Cup yeah, that time? Uh, but it's like, you know, they'll play Josh Curran maybe on an edge who I don't rate at all. They've moved Isaiah Papali'i. He's probably going to start the season at lock. They've made him stock up. He looks weird. He's a little chunky man now. And then, as you said, the other thing you raised, the Nicarima question, it's like, oh, I think Harris is better than him. They're obviously going to give Nicarima the first run at six. Uh, and it's like it feels like inevitable things like shift happens that he goes back to the fourteen. But there's just so many questions and so much disappointment across this seventeen for mine that I just don't rate like any of it. I rate obviously I rate the Fuz RTS and Kemal Molo, but the one thing that Warriors team had was like even if everything else was crap, they had the best back three in the competition. They've even breaking that up. They're moving for Stewart to center. I can't get my head around that. It's baffling. And it, like, the, he, he might he, like the second best finisher in the game. The kicking rule. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, and they moved him. To, they moved him out off the wing. That might that might drop him down to third in value behind Tupo and Corey Oates. But still, yeah. it's bizarre. But he's, yeah, bizarre. He's on the wing. And then yeah, I just everything I'm hearing and like you know a lot of lot of toilers and battlers in that team. Yeah, I've I, I I um I originally had them fifteenth, but after just looking at this lineup in front of me, I've dropped them down to sixteenth. Get them I, out of here. I hate I'm doing this. I hate it. Because I, I do think the Bulldogs should come last, but they won't because they actually give a shit and they try too hard. I've I tipped, can't believe you're doing this. This is top five animated Warriors, trails. Wooden Spoon. Holy I hate shit. it. Everyone else... I hate, every year, I hate when people just give it to them. They pick it. Every year, they get picked to, make, to get the spoon by someone. I hate it. Yeah. But then I actually said, I actually sat down and looked at this team, read over everything. I'm like, this is gross. Yeah. Like, then you said, oh, just... There's no one in that in that forward pack, no. in that middle, that is a dominant player. Yeah, it's bizarre. There's um, nobody. No. Um, You're saying something? Well, it's just like, I don't know how um, how you can really like expect th- these, this team to make the top eight. 
Um, oh, poor friends of big leg. Yeah, Ken I was Mamalo just chuckling at that. They've got two Ken Mamalos in their projected lineup and no Fuss. What Mate, uh, the disrespect? disrespect. <laughs> they knew. <laughs> they, they knew. knew. So it was going to well go. <laughs> That's yeah. not that's not a great look. <laughs> yeah, and my my bold prediction for the year, so my first my big bold take is that Nathan Brown will be coaching that side by the end of the season. That's nobody in no no one in Australia is stupid enough to hire him as their their coach. And I don't want to knock the Warriors, but they're totally the team that might will be dumb enough to think, you know what? This we need a rebuild. He rebuild he rebuild the Knights. It's Get him in. He's already over there as a hooking coach somehow, despite running every hooker into into the ground that was at his club at the Knights. But yeah, he's going over there. So that's my prediction. Yep. Uh, good. Fuck. U- unanimous wooden spoon. Yeah, and I'm sure yes. Dale had some had the dragons at the spoon. So. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> Look at that. Um, yeah. Now the team that somehow did not finish in the bottom four last year, the Canterbury Bulldogs. God, that's weird. No, but 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 remember, I put five dollars on them to make the eight at like a hundred and fifty to one, and so and close. they run, they won like three weeks in a row, and we were daring to dream, and then they didn't. But um, they they just work hard. That they, they do. Uh, and and they're not going to come last. And I think they're going to be much. I think they're going to sort of just be similar to what they did last year. Again, they're, they're not a team that like did much in terms of player turnover. Like they brought in Dean Britt from the Bunnies, Sioni Katoa, and Joe Stimson, and and. Couple of young guys, and I don't really like those signings. Yeah, you know, but uh, Dean Britt was good for South. He was all right. Stimson, I don't think they need another back mm, rower. They've no. done that, but like, but they did get DWZ in the middle of the year, yeah, and he like was great that. for them. So and they signed Luke Thompson for next year forward from England, which I really like. That's yeah. a good sign. I think things because obviously they're still quite hamstrung in terms of salary cap by a lot mm. of things they've done in the past. I think this is the last year it's really going to stink for them before it things is. start getting better. They've got like half the squad of contract this year. So. Yeah. That's good for them. But yeah, you look at that team and it's, like, again, a lot of honest toilers. And they've got, obviously, Foran's out for the season already. Which, which is a shame because when he is fit, he's still quite good. He's still their best but, half. That's what um, yeah. old mate, the what, what I've forgotten his name, the bloody coach, Dean Pay. What, Dean Pay? Was uh, spewing that he only get 300 grand back of his salary in that rule if you're injured in playing internationals. But, you know, the halves will still be the trying pair of like Lachlan Lewis and Jack Cogger. Brandon Wakeham will be pressure on them. But Cogger was okay last year. And then across the back line, he said, like, DWZ was a good get at fullback. Will Hopwide is perennially forgotten as a, as a quality player in the NRL. Don't mind Nick Meany on a wing. Don't mind Remus Smith on the other side. But then the, the forward pack, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, Aiden Tolman's still Aiden Tolman. Dylan Napa exists. But see, like, the back line, I think their back line and their second row are really quite good. Yeah, they and the rest, second And the rest of it is not great. We're on the like, verge of um, Josh Jackson going to the middle and working finally, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, we're getting pretty close. Because um, like their six, seven, nine is probably going to be Cogger, Lewis, and Marshall King, and that's yeah. not. I don't think that's what you want. And Tony Katoa might start at yeah. nine, and even then, I'd like. I think that's a bit of an upgrade. I don't rate Jeremy Marshall King as, as a hooker at all, hey, but uh, yeah, <laughs> not really. There's a, there's a couple of clubs like, and I was going to touch on it when we do when we when we talk about the bloody storm of all teams, all the Tigers, but how some of these teams just like. Don't have hookers for years and just let it happen. Yeah, well, position, they did let the current Australian hooker just leave. Yeah, but it's like this position. I don't know. We, this is always this cop out in rugby league about control. It doesn't mean anything, you know. You hear someone say, "Oh, the, the halfback needs to take control of this game," or he just needs to be more of a leader or whatever. It's always the half's fault, number seven on his back. But nobody in the game of rugby league has more control of how a game goes than any team's number nine. They have the most control. We've said for a long time, hookers are the most important position on the field, and there's are. a reason why the team with Cameron Smith has been the best yeah, team. That's it. And obviously, they're not calling the plays as much as the half. Back is because they haven't got the time to do it. 
that not you know, but like Hooker is not only controlling the ruck in defense, which people keep forgetting. Just they make tackles, it, you know, doesn't mean that like just making tackles and loading them up doesn't mean shit. I don't care if make forty tackles or fifty. It's more the fact how they control the ruck in defense matters a lot. And then in in attack, you said you're t- every you touch the ball every tackle pretty much, and you decide which way the ball which which way your team goes. You decide you know if you want to run or not. If there's a someone down on the floor, if it's a dead marine, if you take advantage of it, whatever you control the game. You have the most touches anyone on the field, and then the ball does one of those teams that like somehow still after after they let Damian Cook go, they gave Michael Lysha such a long run, nothing. And Lysha's yeah. star's fallen so far that he's not on a single NRL team or any deal at the moment. Like People are trying out. Like You guys gave Bailey Siren and Hooker minutes. They hit over, like, those guys are getting runs at Hooker. Ray Stone played some Hooker with the par- for Parramatta in the trials. Harry like, loves Ray Stone. Like, yeah. Loves him. He's insane. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't like that. So you feel that it'd be the same yeah. team that like, a lot, they will try very hard. Yep. So they won't. I don't think they'll. They can come last. They'll beat a couple of good teams, but yeah, some just through sheer effort. Through sheer effort, they're just one of those teams. They're kind of like how, like you know, like a Stoke City who just toiled in the Premier League every year and just yeah. never got relegated because they just worked really hard. That's it. And then Stoke went away from that slide all these fancy players and immediately got relegated. Yeah, they're almost getting like, relegated again, aren't they? They're yeah, they're, they're garbage. But the Bulldogs kind of remind me of one of those sort of like workmanlike mid-table yeah. EPL teams. Yeah. So um, for me, they're um they're fifteenth. I've got them thirteenth. Um, so splitting hairs again. We've been quite in sync on this. We have, which is good because like we said this before we we podcast. We we've... have not spoke. I promise the, the the punters. Literally, apart from talking about um, very dubious uh, rankings that have been posted on social media and laughing at them, yeah. we've really not talked about rugby league at all. We haven't this offseason and kept it fresh, which is good. Yeah. And we've come in with similar opinions. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Um, next up, we have the team that finished eleventh last year. Um, one of Mitch's favourite teams, the Newcastle Knights. Now, this is um this is an interesting one actually because people people expect that the Knights hate when they come here, but and, unfortunately, yeah. And one of the one of the real challenges of this season for us will be what do we do with the forty five minutes for Nathan Brown hate a week that we have to replace? Like, that what, is a huge what, void. What can, what can I replace that with? I don't know what we got, but um, it's like late night hosts when Obama took over from George Bush. They were just like, "Fuck, what do we do?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like what, what, what do we do here? I don't, we have no idea. Yep. That's it. But it's like um, I really like the coaching changes they made this offseason. Absolutely. I love the Adam O'Brien move, but the other move that's not getting enough attention, and you'd know all about him, but uh, it's Ferner. David Ferner is an assistant coach up there. Yep. And I know his time as like a head coach, has, it was, he's never been good. Anyway, no, but some guys are like that. But, but I've got numbers here. But this is like, so Dave Ferner is an attacking coach in 2006. So he came into the Raiders as an assistant. In the year prior, they were the last, they scored the least points in the competition. As an assistant, so they, they scored the seventh most points with him there. It's all right, bit of a jump from there. Next year, in 2007, they scored the ninth most. 2008, they scored the second most points in the comp when he was there. Uh, and then he went to the head coach, and they, they scored the tenth, they were like tenth or worse in points scored as a head coach all of his years by one. Garbage. Goes to the Cowboys again as, as the assistant, again working on the offense, and they, had this, they scored the second most points after scoring the seventh most the year prior. And all three years at the Cowboys from 2014 and 2016, they scored the second most points. Mm-hmm. And then the year he left, he left the Cowboys in 2016. The next year, their offense went off a cliff. They scored the, they scored the 10th most points that year. Goes to South, takes South offense from 11th to 6th. And then his last year at South in 2018, they, had, they scored the most points. And we know they dropped down after he left. Like, he has an impact on, on teams attacking to play. And it's proven with the numbers everywhere he goes as an assistant. And, you know, the, the Knights have had problems scoring points and it's not not you know obvious as well the problem's getting down the field and I think his innovation with the attack will be great for them this year and, and I think 
you know, we get all the hype about Kalen Pong and all that, but I think there'll be some good things from Kalen and his usage yep. and different things outside of just throwing to Kalen out the back and hoping. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot to like about their, 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 the front of their forward pack, especially Clemmer and Saifidi with Jaden Braley, who impressed me a lot at the Sharks, mm. playing hooker. Mitchell Pierce, whatever you want to say about him, is a very good club level halfback. Every time another um, half retires, he becomes a better halfback. Honestly, <laughs> he's a top. He's he's top five right now. He is. Uh, if you and if you don't think so, I'd like you to tell me who are five better halfbacks playing in the NRL currently. I don't mm-hmm. think you can do it. Um, and if Tata Moga's fit, him and Heimel Hunt's a decent centre pairing. Mm. Um, Phoenix Crossland, who I'm still not convinced is a real name. <laughs> slash, that's a Final Fantasy character. Yes. But, you know, maybe he'll be good too. Who knows? That's obviously the big hole in their team. Yeah. Is that number six. And Crossland's injured for the start of the yeah. year. Well, I'm, I, I wouldn't be shocked to, like, I wouldn't be shocked to see Connor Watson back at the six and yeah. them just to bring another, like, Glasby or someone off the bench to play lock. Yeah. So they'll have, um, Round one, I think Kurt Mann might start there. Tex Jesus Hoy. Christ. Yeah, so Tex Hoy got a run in the tr- other half of the trial on the weekend. That's what they're trialing out there. But, uh, I, you know, I just think the new coach makes a huge difference. And, you know, I don't want to say too many things, but I know that that playing group is a lot happier right now. And there's a few... You might have heard Danny Levi's comments, for example, too, when, he, when he's talking about when he's at Manly. You know, whatever you want to say about... Brownie, I've said all of it, but they just weren't getting effectively coached on the field. They weren't. There's so much to come out since last year. The players have backed that up. There's been a lot more actual coaching, you know, telling players what their role is in the team, actually communicating with them. Adam O'Brien wants the leaks to stop coming out of that club, but it seems other people are still talk, taking leaks out, which doesn't help. But the, the squad is happy. And in rugby league in a simple game, half the battlers, if the squad's happy, they'll, they'll perform better. Yep. And that's what I think that's part of it for them. They were close enough. I mean, they should have been a top eight side last year. Yeah, you know how much they quit on Browns when they were losing those games, mm. and they were they were fourth for a period there. And they missed out in the eight. But they beat South and the Roosters in like back to back weeks. They did. Um, I think they're going to finish sixth. Yeah, I have them seventh. But Look at yes, there's there's signings of the off seasons. Only <laughs> Shibasaki, Anari Tula, yeah, Tyron Roberts, Davis, Jalen, Jaden Braley, and of those, yeah, like Braley's going to start for them at hooker. Tuala might get a chance in in that back line. Mm. Um, he probably starts for them, but he could be, again, but he but could be better there. Who knows? Maybe, but it doesn't matter because like there's just a lot of shit teams this year, and mm-hmm. these guys, there's Kalen Pong is an elite player. J- mm-hmm. David Clem is an elite player. Mitchell mm-hmm. Pierce is a very very good player. And they've got look. A bunch of their forwards are just reliable guys. Like, there's just too mm-hmm. many talented guys in this team. I think with a coach that knows what he's doing, yep. and an attacking coach that can get gets the best out of his players to, to, for them to disappoint again. Like if they don't make the eight this year, I think you've got to just pack it up. Just That's just, it. just 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 blow blow the blow the blow the whole team up. Yeah. Move move them to Perth or something. And they've got some good young players as well that are due a run. As we mentioned, Phoenix Crossland, but he's also injured. Bradman Best is injured as well, yep. but he'll probably come in once he returns some injury in that back line. But there's one of the things last year and the year prior and prior to that, people kept blaming that playing group. And I guess this is the way I'll try to explain it, I guess. It's like every player who ever makes first grade at any team is talented. Okay? It's, it sounds cheap, but it's true. Everyone who gets there is talented. Every single one of them was the best player on their team the whole way growing up. Yeah. They were. They and But generally in rugby league, if you're the best player on your team, your role growing up is get the ball, run over the guy in front of you, run around, run over the st- through the six and score. What... A coach has to do when you get these guys that come to them in first grade. They all get they, all, they always have a room of talented people, but 
the whole th- part of the coach's job, just like a fucking teacher at school, mate. You need to give people what their roles are. You know, help them get better at things. It's like when you go to the gym, you get a personal trainer. I can go and lift weights all I want, but an expert's going to make me do better and help me do things. And that wasn't happening at Newcastle. Those the players, nobody. We've all been through this. No one improved when they were there. No young players kicked on when Brownie was there. And now they've got some some actual effective coaches in there. I think you're going to start seeing players finally growing in ways they weren't, like because they were they were directionless. And you know, some players if you don't know your role on a team, when you come up, you know, if you're if you're a Shibasaki, yeah, you were the best junior in your grade all the way up, and you're a physical guy. All you did was run over people. Last year was it was evident that he didn't have much rugby league brain on him. He wasn't the smartest player, so he needs to go to, when he goes to Newcastle. Maybe with a better coach, he can understand his role. You know, understand what the team wants out of him. Understand. His role or part of the team. It's not really about his individual performance. It's about how how do I fit into this team, make this team better, and maybe you know better coaching there will be be the massive difference because that squad, you know, as you said, it probably is a top eight squad. Yep, yeah, uh, people are gonna the Knights fans are gonna fall off their chairs when they hear this. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't you know, I'm not picking them in the eight. I'm picking them eighth, by the way, not because I like them. But you said seventh a minute ago. Yeah, it's eighth. Do you just, you've I just look, downgraded them out of spite? I just looked back at my ladder and I made it. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Anyways, yeah, as I said, I've got them sixth. Uh, last year's 10th place finishes, the Penrith Panthers. Uh, a frustrating team. This is a team I can't get much of a read on, hey? Yep. Like, a very frustrating team. The roster changes every bloody year. <laughs> Doesn't help. But uh, they've moved on, obviously. Uh, Malachi Wittenny's a listener next there again. Does yeah. he just like, <laughs> spin a wheel and he'll be at a random Western Sydney club for that year? Yes, he will. But you have to spin the wheel again every year. It's Sometimes halfway through the year. <laughs> Probably again halfway through the year. Like I, read, I was reading the preview and it's like, Malachi Wittenny's listening. We're eyeing off Josh Mansour's position. I'm like, what? Josh Mansour went to the Tigers? No. Right. Malachi's back. Yeah. And he's probably going to be at Bulldogs maybe with his brother <laughs> in a few weeks. Wouldn't put it past him. It's... You know, they, obviously they've lost um, James Maloney over the off-season. So for them, they let Maloney went, Sonny Katoa went, Regan Kemagillard went, Wade Egan went, Tyrell Fumano left, and then they had Tim Grant and McKendra retire, let go of Harme Sele, Frank Winterstein. And yeah, and then they brought in Coruscant, which is a fantastic signing. Uh, Kurt Capewell, which is a signing, and Zane Tedovano from the Roosters. But it's like... Um, one of those rosters I look at now, and there's talent in there, but I don't understand where their money is gone. Like, how has this spent the whole salary cap? And apparently they're playing guys not to play there, like Regan Kemmel-Gillard, but I'm confused. Yeah, there's a lot to like about their forward pack. I think their forward pack's excellent, especially their starting their starting team. As you said, Korakau, great signing. Mm. Tedovano and Tamo are starting in, in, in the middle with James Fisher-Harris, and then yep. Kikau and Yo on the edges. It, I think is really, really strong. So do I. Um the problems are on the other half, in the other half of the of the lineup. Like Nathan Cleary has really just sort of stagnated as a player. I think he's still quite a good player, but I don't know if when he's your primary playmaker and without James Maloney, they take a lot of the pressure off him. Mm. If that's going to be enough, particularly when you've got Jerome Luai in the six, who hasn't shown a great deal, and Dylan Edwards, who was so bad in patches in his first great career that he was dropped. But he's already been injured um, now as well, you know. And then I like Dean Vare a lot. Brett Naden showed some nice, yeah. nice moments last year, but it's still a bit early for us to get like a proper read on him. And then Josh Mansour is with this new jumping rule is is in, <laughs> <laughs> he is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, he is. and then Brian Tuo looks likely as well. But you're not, you know, your season isn't changing on the performances of one winger. But yeah, you mentioned there like Mansour has lead boots on him now, and that's a massive concern with this new rule. When do they play the Roosters? I don't know. But just... like, he has to do. He has to just call in sick that way, like something. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've got a friend's wedding or something. You know, I can't come. Like I don't know, but it's not going to be good. 
And uh, Nathan Cleary is jacked on like 10 kilos of muscle this offseason. And he, and he did have some better games without Maloney. They were kind of work better when they weren't playing together. But it's a lot on him now. It is his team. And there's, there's Wait, no... Mansour and Tupo play on the same side of the field, don't they? Uh, both yeah, left they, wingers. They do. They'll sw- switch Tupo for that game, switch. surely. Yeah. <laughs> Get him on him. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, but yeah, you, you look at it and you'll have um, Nathan Cleary. This will be his team, as you know. I don't know why he jacked on muscle. It wasn't really like he's been small ever anyway. But he's like 90-something kilos of muscle now. But yeah, it's a lot of question marks and relying on Jerome Luai, Kayla Bacon slash potentially Dane Laurie, a different Dane Laurie, by the way, uh, or Matt Burton at the six or Daniel Edwards at fullback. It's a lot of reliance on more youth in key positions and I just don't back that in as a successful strategy over a full season. you know. And then I really think Coruscant is a great signing too uh, as a hooker. But... Um, Outside the pack, there's not enough there for me. I mean, they've got to show me more than their best tactic being throw to kick out for me, for me to rate them as a finals contender. But it's pretty cool when he gets the ball. One it on is one. a pretty good tactic. It is. But then he gets injured and it's like yeah. their whole team is injured. It's, it's pretty funny in the nines when he got the ball and 20 metres out. He's like, yeah, he's, he's going to score. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, 11th for me. 10th. Tenth. Tenth. We are weirdly in sync. We are. Um, and we're going to round out the first half of our preview with the 10th to finish 9th last year and the 10th to finish 9th every year. The West Tigers. Man, the Tigers fans done with that meme or what? But like the weirdest part is that it, it the for the the AFL team that this was the meme for until they got good was the Richmond Tigers. Well, so then. it's just a Tigers thing. It is. There you go. Yeah. Um, and the, what the Bengals suck. It was like, how? Yeah, they, they, well, they're perennially <laughs> the third best team in the in the yeah, AFC are, North. Yeah. So yeah, they're kind of like that's kind of like ninth. And the, and the thing is that the start of last year the. Ninth thing was like a Tigers fan meme. They used to make that same joke, but now it's gone everywhere that they've had enough. Ninth, it's like it's like when you seasons. make fun of your brother, it's fine. But if if, if like your mate starts ripping on your brother, you're like, oi, stop it, stop it. That's yeah, my that's, brother, that's, that, that's 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 yeah. what's happened here. But I absolutely like uh, them not having a hooker is a disaster. It's not great. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, so like, we've spoken at length about how important the number nine position is. They just don't have one. They just don't have one. Like and like they're trying they're trying to get Harry Grant there, which I think like just get it done. Where's Jacob Little? <laughs> but this great is, question. This tells you how far Michael Leitch's stock has fallen. Yeah, has. They've not picked up the phone. Like, like, nah, fuck. We'll, we'll just put Luciano Lua there. It's fine. That'll but work. You, yeah. you stay home, Michael. It's but, okay. Yeah, I, like Harry Grant, if they get him, he's my pick for rookie of the year. He's an exceptional nine. There's a reason why, like, so the Storm have Brandon Smith. Everyone keeps saying, oh, Brandon Smith's the next hooker there. There's a reason why the, st- the Storm also sign up Harry Grant and won't let him go for free. Because that's how much they rate him. They're telling you already how good of a hooker he's going to be. If the Storm don't want to let someone leave, they're good. That's just how rugby league works. Yeah, they let many people leave all the time, but they won't let. He, he's currently, you know, their third hooker. And they won't let him go. Yeah, tells you what you want to know about him. But I think if they get him on loan, that's a huge deal. Uh, and I still think that might happen. I hope it happens before the season starts. But otherwise, it's like Josh Reynolds, Billy Walters started the Jeez. last two trials, and the, what I saw of him today, he was spent most of the time on his back, like one of those guys who got run over in the middle. And it's they're not going to go back to Josh Reynolds, surely. Although off the bench, he played hooker. Today. Yeah, I know, but <sighs> start him, tries hard, and then yeah, and Moses Embiid's back in the centres. But it's like you, this can't be the answer for the season. That nine being a. Uh, Billy Walters and Josh Reynolds, two makeshift sixes into nines. But it, it's it's quite unfortunate because I like everything else. I do, I really do, mate. Uh, Those like again, I know everyone knows I love the Lele Lewis. Obviously, I love the Lele Lewis. Those are fucking two great great signings, fantastic signings, and it's a tragedy that what happened to Joey at the Ru- at the Raiders and the article it was on the SMH. Uh, your friend Nicolucci got the the scoop here, an interview with Joey, yeah, talking about how it fell apart at the Raiders, and that was quite sad because like Ricky. 
believed in Joey for a long time. And, you know, Ricky pulled Joey into Origin Camp in like 2011 when Joey didn't rate himself much. And he put him in there and he had a chat to him and he said, oh, you know, you, you don't even know it yourself, but you can be one of the best centers in the game. And, that, and ever since then, they had like a long-term good relationship and it fell apart last year. And yeah, essentially from the the week when he got injured to when he uh, he goes back fit for like the Roosters game or whatever. And that was the week Ricky told him they don't need him. And yeah, he wasn't very good after that. And Joey needs confidence in him. So that's a bit of a tragedy that he's left. But what he does when he comes to the, the Tigers and same with Luciano, people can whinge about their defense all they want. Everyone's defense looks bad on the edge always. Joey's not as bad as you think it is. Luch is, has been bad, but he's dropped like 15 kilos. But like they bring stuff that you just... It's hard to find. They bring points and they bring creativity in positions that it doesn't come from, you know? Yeah. And Leilua and Nofaluma on the same side of the field is going to be electric. See, in the trial today, Leilua put uh, Nofaluma over twice already, which is a good thing to see. Mm. And Luch, I don't know about Madge getting him, getting him shaped. I don't know about, like, I said it on Twitter earlier, but, like, it's big man season, not medium man season. No. Okay? <laughs> like, that's not get ridiculous, Maguire. No. It's like when CC Sabathia lost, like, 30 kilos when he was pitching and he was bad. So he what got fat mean? again and yeah. he was good. It's like, well, yeah, balance is all off. And, they, and they've got Adam Dewey, who I really rated, and I'm sad that he's gone. Um, yeah, who out. probably will start at fullback for them. Yeah. Um, I thought he was great for South in the finals last year. Um, he really, he took on to that role at South. He grew as a fullback last year. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I do like the rest of the team. And like Benji, I feel sorry for Luke Brooks. Benji's got two new new toys. His right hand side's got Benji has uh, Luch and uh, Joey Lua with uh, Nofaluma on the wing. Like this is great. All he got all the toys to play with. And the left hand side is like. Uh, who uh, will have uh, Luke Garner or Chris Lawrence? Or hey, maybe, Luke Garner can hit a hole. Yeah, all right. Then it's like, uh, we'll give you maybe Embiid play in the centers, or maybe Momorowski, maybe Robert Jennings on the wing, maybe Corey Thompson. Bobby four tries, didn't they? Not, didn't not that fall the off a cliff? As a thing, but uh, but I do think the Leilua's are fantastic signings, and they actually aren't. Well, it's funny to say this, but they're not like really close brothers because obviously Joey left a family home. He's like 10 years older than Luciano almost. Yeah. When he, he was playing first grade at 18, and he wasn't hanging around the family. So, it's, I mean, you should see how they grow as well yeah. together. But, uh, um, so, every year I pick the Tigers to finish 8th, and they let me down. They do. I pick them to finish 8th. <laughs> I pick them 7th. There you go. Back on the back. Even though we just spent half the time talking about all their problems they have. Well, the main problem is the hooker. Just go it get is. one. But I like... like The rest of it's great. Luke Brooks is better than people think he is. Just because the media don't say he's good. He's good now. Luke Brooks is a good halfback. I maintain that Luke Brooks is the better of the Moses Brooks pairing and I'll die on that hill. <laughs> Luke Brooks is good. He's good now. Benji is still good. Still hanging on. But adding in two guys like Joey and Luch... They might lose you a couple games, but they're going to win you way more than they lose you when you roll that dice. Way mm. more than they lose you. So, yeah, they're in the finals for mine. And I think they're a team... You know, they've got a couple of those players. If once they get hot, they're going to be one of those teams that can go on a real run, I feel like. You've got a few of those confidence-type players. So, and I'm believing in them, especially with Madge there. Yep. Well, that's the first half of our preview. Yeah, we'll see you in a few days. Yes, a few <laughs> days. So, we'll work out exactly when we're going to release... Part two, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening in. It's good to be back, and uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, everybody. Yes, goodbye from me.
Go back to Georgia Not at least till I 